What's up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. And as you know, it is brought to you by our friends at MGM National Harbor. It is time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork, Dave Johnson, under the weather this week. So uh, I will be behind the wheel alongside my buddies here, uh, Dave Preston and George Wallace, who is right now. Buddies? Are we buddies? I mean, we are buddies, man. I was at your wedding. No, you weren't. I was not at your wedding. I was not at your wedding. Now, we're still buddies. To be fair, you got married like right around the time we met. So it would have been weird if I was at your wedding. But uh, in any event, he's out at uh, Ashburn uh, checking out commander's practice. Hey, look, guys, they're actually in position to go 2 0 for the first time in over a decade. Uh, What's the injury situation? That's of the utmost concern, George. Yeah, and look, uh, Cam Curl, the biggest one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's, uh, from what we saw today, again, doing individual drills uh, on the uh, practice field. He's got the thumb wrapped, and he said yesterday, basically, he's getting there. I would be surprised if he doesn't play this week. That's kind of the way I took from what he was saying in the locker room yesterday. Uh, Wes Schweitzer, on the other hand, don't know. Had the hamstring injury. He was on the side field today. Jonathan Allen was going through individual drills. There's nothing keeping him out of the game, I promise you that. Uh, going into Sunday. Cole Holcomb was a new addition to the side field. We don't know what's going on there, but uh, it, other than that, it seems to be pretty much okay. Hopefully, if uh, if Cam Crow gets out there, that's going to be huge. I mean, he's like sort of that Swiss Army knife in that defense, yeah. and uh, they certainly missed him on uh, Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, um, a very interesting tidbit going into this game is that the uh, commanders are actually the underdogs in Detroit. And that's notable because the Detroit lions have been underdogs, uh, at least up until this point in 24 straight games, a historic streak. And it's basically over now. And it sort of calls to mind the question, Washington seems to do its best work when nobody is believing in them or when nobody thinks that they can do it. And not that Detroit is this, you know, juggernaut that nobody's given them a chance to be, but when they're an underdog, they tend to play better. Am I right, Dave Preston? Yeah. Well, I think along those lines, Rob, they are the cla- uh, Washington over the years has been the classic thermometer team as opposed to a thermostat team. They play right to the level of their opponents. So when they're not expected to win, they exceed expectations. When they are expected to win, they find a way not to meet those expectations. An interesting thing about Detroit, Rob, they were an underdog in every game last season. They went 10 and 7 again. So if you're out there maybe with a, a, a gambling interest this upcoming Sunday, the Lions are awesome uh, as, <laughs> as a betting side because they are the classic backdoor cover squad as well. They were down big, two meaningless touchdowns, so to speak, this past Sunday. They wind up covering against the Eagles. I, I think what's important for Washington is that they have to uh, approach Every game, they, they can't even think about Jacksonville anymore. And they can't look ahead to Philadelphia, even though that's Carson Wentz's former team. He's in a bit of a situation right now where he just beat his former coach and he's about to face his former franchise. He has to focus on the team that they're going to be taking on this week. And uh, this is a squad that put 35 points on the board against an Eagles team that I think a lot of us, especially since Dallas's demise, is going to be the top team in the NFC East this season. So this is going to be a very tough contest for Washington coming up, especially with the injuries that George has mentioned on both sides of the ball. 
And actually, uh, Detroit, if you look behind em- uh, enemy lines, they're also pretty banged up. Uh, Frank Ragnow, for my money, is one of the best centers in the league, if not the best. And that's a guy who is, uh, you know, he's banged up right now. And uh, the one knock on him is that when he's hurt, he's not as, nearly as effective, which I guess is true of a lot of people. But they've got two starting offensive linemen who are on the injury on the injury list. And you saw the uh, massive game yeah. that uh, uh, Swift had. He's on the injury list. So those are big losses for Detroit if those guys don't play. And even if they play, they're banged up. So this is going to be a big challenge for the Washington defense, George. That's a huge deal, the injuries on that side of the ball. I mean, because that that's, you know, I, that has me leaning my my prediction this week because I thought the way Washington played last week, let's be honest, Jacksonville was pretty competent. They win that game. I mean, they, right. many drops, penalties, you know, fumbles. So I think not fumbles, but drop passes off shoulder pads. So I, I think – you know, going into this week, I was thinking Lions were going to win this game. But now you get Cam Curl back. I think that could change a lot. I think the injuries are a big part of it for the Lions, because especially with Swift. Because stopping the run, look, Washington was better against third down last week, but the run defense wasn't that good. So you got to kind of put it all together at some point. So if your weakness last week was stopping the run and the Lions top guy is not 100%, I kind of like my odds there. They gave up 6.8 yards per carry to a Jaguars team that really didn't have any massive chunk plays. It's one thing if the, you know, if it's, if it's skewed by like a 70 yard run or something like that, but they just kind of uh, kind of death by paper cuts there. Uh, Dave. Preston. Yeah. And I, you can only play the team in front of you. Uh, a handful of things that I think we saw Sunday against the Jaguars that I think will not carry over necessarily. One was uh, the play of Curtis Samuel. I think it was in the game plan early and often. Get this guy, the free agent last year, who had, I think, 10 touches over the course of the entire injury-riddled season. Get him the ball early and often. I think he had five touches in the first quarter, if if I'm not mistaken. He had eight catches, four runs. I don't think he's going to be as productive against the Lions this upcoming week. I also think that... Uh, Washington's not going to be as good in getting off the field on third down. Uh, they held the Jaguars to three of 12 on third down. There were some drop passes, as we mentioned. Also, it's the Jaguars we're talking about as well. And uh, even though the Lions are, were just as bad last year, they were the other uh, three win team in the league. I think that uh, you know, they're a little bit further on the path to be a competitive squad. So I, I it's, I, I don't see Washington excelling in those categories, but I still think that they're the better team uh, with the injuries taken into account with the Lions. For the record, before the season, I had them going six, eight, and three. This was one of the three ties that I had. So take that as it will. We got to go under two ties with this guy. So, uh, so, all right. So we were talking about like basically when Washington's on defense, when Washington has the ball, that is actually low key my biggest concern because. If you saw that Lions-Eagles game from last week, the Lions defense, and, you know, they, they got killed on the ground, but they were stopping uh, uh, Jalen Hurts in that uh, Philly offense from passing the ball pretty effectively. He was held to an 80.6 passer rating. And uh, Jeff Akuda, that's the guy I'm watching. And we heard Terry McLaurin, and by the way, happy birthday, Terry McLaurin, happy 27th. Um, he was talking about his former Ohio State uh, teammate Jeff Okuda and talking about how good he is and all of that. This guy was the former third overall pick in the draft. And so he's trying now in year two under this Lions regime, he's trying to start to earn the reputation that comes with being the third overall pick in the draft. He's nowhere. He's been nowhere near that yeah. to this point. 
Washington can't make him a star. <laughs> they can't make him a star and get him on people's radar. And, uh, you know, watching what Carson Wentz did against Jacksonville, yes, he did some great things. Yes, he threw for 300 yards, had four touchdowns, and, uh, and rallied in the fourth quarter to win the game. Give him all credit due for that. But the two picks were bad. And so – you know, if uh, if Jeff Akuda and there was a, uh, I think his the passer rating, I guess it was like fifty eight point six or something to, to to that extent. They weren't. Are you going by QBR? Effective. or Are you going by traditional passer rating? Uh, they were uh, going by the uh, passer rating. So okay, that cool. Makes yeah, it yeah. a little, yeah, yeah. Fifty eight QBR is actually not terrible, but no, uh, no, passer yeah. rating um, wise, people were not getting easy completions on him. He was a tough out for them. So if he's going to ball out, you can't have him get a pick six. You can't have him turn the game around in Detroit's favor. You can't turn, as a matter of fact, you can't turn the ball over if you're Washington in this game. I think that Washington played poorly, but won a game perhaps that maybe they deserve to lose. I think they go into Jacksonville this Sunday. I think they play well. They play well enough to win, but they wind up, it winds up being a freak thing like a pick six or, you know, some of the plays that, that weren't big plays this past Sunday that were, that could have been against them. Those come to fruition. The NFL is a week to week league guys. And we've seen, believe it or not, the lions used to be, I guess the, 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 the surf of Washington way back when they, you know, they burgundy gold used to dominate Detroit, you know, in the playoffs and the regular season, what have you, especially at home, whether it was at RFK or at FedEx field, but five of the last six games have uh, gone the lion's way and they've won a lot of these games in frustrating manner. This reminds me of when Arizona was in the NFC East and for whatever reason, Washington had the better team, but would go out West and would somehow find a way to lose 16, 15 on a safety and a, blocked extra point or something like that. That's what I see this Sunday's uh, guys. I see a 21, 20 frustrating finish where Washington comes up short and they have to answer a lot of questions before the game against the Eagles. First of all, I was just getting over the Aeneas Williams scoop and score end zone to end zone against Arizona. So thanks for, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) You never get over it. Yeah. You don't get over it. Um, So So, I mean, it kind of sounds like you're sort of leaning in the direction of Detroit here. Yes, I am. But they don't cover. That's the irony of this whole thing. They were a great backdoor cover and finally they're favored and they don't cover the number, which is two and a half, I believe. At this All right. Point. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's our buddy Chris Chion's department. So I don't know the betting aspect of this, but I'm uh, look. I think one thing has to be said. I know, and uh, George said that you know Washington's the better team. I agree, but slightly. You know, so it's like this is a game. This this is uh, this is the most winnable game on your schedule, maybe all year. And I think the thing that you know has to be said also is that Detroit is probably saying the same thing about Washington. But the the thing is, if you look at Washington's slate moving forward, and I was just reading the Washington Post said where uh, 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 was kind of tongue in cheek saying, "Hey, Washington might mess around and go six and one." Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you got, you know, you got Green Bay, you got, uh, you know, Chicago's no great shakes, but you got them on a short week. I'm looking at the next eight weeks and there's no gimmies for Washington moving forward. Not that Detroit is a gimme, but this is the most winnable game you have on your schedule. And if you don't win this game, then that has to create some level of doubt, not just from us on the outside, but maybe within the locker room about, how we're going to go forward, George. Uh, uh, Am I crazy on this or what? 
No, you're not. You're never crazy, buddy. I, hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Crazy. I appreciate you. You know, uh, except for the Cam Newton uh, thing. You you don't like hey, you don't like my Cam well, Newton. Well, he hey, shall not new, be named. <laughs> it's a new it's a new year, fresh start for me. Listen, first of all, you can't look ahead. We go week to week in this league. Okay, pal. Okay, you just we're focused on the <laughs> we're next. Just, we're just trying to go one and zero every day. Uh, Davey Martinez, coach speak. Coach speak. Oh, but look, I think I think. Look, last week. They got away with one, however you want to put it. Yes, Carson Wentz threw four touchdowns. That's fine. Here's also, what did he have? Seven picks, right? Each of the last two years only. So kind of a, you know, for him to throw two picks in a game and Trayvon Walker made a hell of a play Yes, on the did. second interception. Yeah. So I, I think that I was leaning towards Detroit after watching Sunday's game against Jacksonville. But now I'm, I think with the injuries, and I really think that Scott Turner deserves a lot of credit for Sunday and what he was able to do with the offense. And I think he's going to come up with that again. I think Washington's going to, it's going, going to play some pretty good football. And, and to your point about it being winnable and it, it's still the lions. And look, I, I said from, from jump that these first two weeks are must wins and I'm going to stay with it. And I think they, they escaped Detroit with a win. I'm I think they're going to put up some points too. They'll put up maybe, you know, 27, 28 points like last week. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Washington by a touchdown. I think that until they, now, unless they come out and completely, you know, go backwards and heading into Philly, then you got some problems. But I think that they're going to bounce back and realize they got away with one. But again, it's week one, like we've talked about. However you get a win, you get a win. It doesn't matter. It all counts the same. So now you got a chance to look at Detroit, who is dealing with some injuries. And I think this team has now built some confidence. Guys didn't realize that they hadn't been 2-0 and since 2011. I think they're kind of like, well, okay. We have a chance to do something here. So I think it'd be a big confidence boost for this team to get this win Sunday. But also I think it tells you who they are if they go out and win this game. If they go out and they have yeah. some, some good, clean, crisp execution. Good, clean, and they fun. Go out there, good, clean, yes. fun. <laughs> if they go out there and have some good, clean fun at uh, Detroit's expense and, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not going to even go as far as a blowout, but if you go out there and you win a game by eight points, and you look good doing it. There's not a lot of doubt that you're going to win the game. You're in control of the game. Uh, you're not out there throwing picks and giving it away and, and, and giving Detroit an opportunity to get back in it. Then I think that says a lot about them. I mean, it, it, because yes, you're going to have those games where, you know, things get weird or you, uh, you know, you have a letdown for a quarter or a half or whatever that is. And, you know, you, you got to find a way to win. And they did that on Sunday. But if that's what it's going to be every week, then that means you're winning on accident. You're not really winning uh, because you're good. Right, Dave Preston? Hold on, hold on. But I will say this. I will say this to your point on that. And Ron and the guys said this week that not not once when they got after that second interception, they hang their heads and say, here we go again. Whether that's true or not, that's fine. But Carson still had to come back and throw those two touchdowns. So I do give him credit on that. Okay, yeah, they didn't quit. They shouldn't have been in that spot, but they were, and they somehow found a way to get it done. So I, I think that deserves some credit as well. Along those lines, I think, you know, when you look at the 17-game schedule now, uh, was 16 previously, football is the most random sport as far as a chance for variation of what the team's record is to actually how good they are. Think of it as, pick, as uh, you know, definition pixels. And, you know, baseball's 162. So the, the variation between how good you actually are to what your record is is very minimal 
basketball, hockey, 80, 82 game seasons. Uh, it's, you know, a little bit, it's, it's a little bit more of a chance for things to be fuzzy football. You can be much better than your record and much worse than your record, but your record is who you are. And I, the last couple of years, they have not gotten off to good starts over the first month uh, under head coach Ron Rivera, even though they have bounced back later in both seasons. And so I, I even though I think that they should win this game, I'm st- until this team starts winning games and winning games in the manner that George addressed where it's okay. It's not a blowout, but it's not one of those you're hanging on for dear life with, with a minute to play I, until they do that, until they do that consistently under this regime, I'm still going to have my doubts. So, 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 uh, so Dave uh, is picking against Washington on yep. Sunday. Did you get a prediction? Yeah. All right. So you said 31, 20, no, 21, 20, uh, Oh. Like a, either the classic backdoor cover for the Burgundy and Gold, where they're down twenty-one twelve and get a late touchdown, or you know, or, or, or a pick six with you know two minutes to play. Whatever it is, we're, we're going to be watching until four thirty-three p.m. Eastern time because this game isn't going to end quickly. God, that was so specific. Do you, yeah, very good. I, I bet you he's got action on that too. Like what time the game ends? Uh, George, George, wait a minute. Did you you do said a this prediction? was going to be. Yeah, I said 27-20 uh, Washington. But wait, didn't you say 6-8-3? and three? This is going to be a tie? Yeah. At the beginning of the season, I thought it was going to be a tie, and some of those ties oh, get anymore. moved around. Oh, okay. All right. This guy, man, I I, I can't with say. the ties. I, 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 here's practice, the thing. Here's the thing. This is what on. stops me because I hate ties so much. I hate them. I how about we – okay, so guys, before we move on, how about just the theater of the NFL uh, Sunday afternoon in week one – um, despite everything wrong that the league does from an image standpoint, this, that, the other thing, games in London at 9.30 a.m., these short turnarounds for Thursday night, NFL theater is at its best from 3.45 p.m. to 4.30 in the afternoon. So many games decided in the final two minutes, Washington's being one of those, or overtime, and then a game that was not decided in overtime. Thank you for the 10-minute OT, Roger Goodell. I've written the, the I've written the column about how terrible ties are so many times that I, I like I don't even have the energy to recount it. So now yeah. I just link it to, you know, and they've made like, it easier for ties to happen. Like I link it to what I wrote in 2013, yeah. and then I'm just like, ditto. Because, Evergreen I mean, tweets. I see, yeah. see above. Yeah, yeah. right. Pra- right. Practice is uh, my previous is be over in a few minutes. Do you get to run sprints? Be, practice is gonna be over in a few minutes. I got to. Uh, Okay. I got to run right. some sprints. So, so, uh, so then we'll, uh, we'll do the, uh, hurry up here and, uh, George, well, actually I got to get my prediction real quick. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to pull a Dave Preston. I'm going to say Washington 21, 20 by the same score. Ooh. All right. Here's the thing, man, Washington 10. And as, as much as we think that they win as, uh, that they usually win as underdogs they are actually over since the beginning of the 2019 season, they're actually 10 and 29 as an underdog. Now, wow. some of those are yeah, some of those are against really good teams. So you, you kind of have to filter that out a little bit. Games. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Washington wins this game. It's gonna be close and they're gonna do a better job of protecting the football, and that's gonna be the key to victory because low key, I think the Lions are better than people think they are. And even oh, I predicted yeah. in my NFL preview. Uh all right. So we're gonna real go quick, uh, what, real something some something funny from Sam Cosme yesterday talking yeah. about asked some of the guys about watching hard knocks and he said he watched it and his girlfriend watched it. And then he would literally pause it, rewind, pause it, rewind. She's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm watching film. Like I'm watching what the lines are doing. <laughs> yeah. <them>. Seriously. 
<laughs> Look, man, they didn't specify what film you're supposed to watch. They just said do film study. So he's just that's right. He's just following orders. All right, the uh, go in the hurry up. Uh, George has to hurry up and go back to practice. So uh, George, what's on your mind uh, going into week two here? Uh, it's going to be interesting for me to see what Dallas does with quarterback. I don't think there's any way Prescott comes back after four weeks. I'm no doctor. Jerry Jones is the doctor, not me. But <laughs> he had a plate put in his thumb. It's his throwing thumb. Are you really going to ride with Cooper Rush for the next month and a half? But also, really here's the thing, but, but also here's the thing. And I, 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 this always cracks me up when I start seeing this stuff, because immediately after that injury, everybody was like, Hey, Cam Newton's out there. Hey, Colin Kaepernick's out there. And I was one of those people, but also or Jimmy it, G go trade for Jimmy right, G or trade for Jimmy G. This is not basketball. If you're going to get a quarterback, right. he has to know the offense better than anybody on the field. You're not going to get a guy. This isn't right. Madden. You're not going to sign a guy off the street, and then he's going to play well for you immediately. I mean, that's what got Cam Newton in trouble going back to Carolina right. last year. So Carolina, you, yeah, you've already, yeah, you've already made your bed at quarterback. The time to get a, an adequate backup for Dak Prescott was in the offseason. and it, it mystifies me that um, that they refuse to get a, and maybe some of it is because they're paying him so much and they're paying uh, Zeke so much. Maybe they don't have money for uh, to, to adequately address that. But I mean, I don't understand how you go into the season with Cooper rush as your backup to begin with. So I, I think that's going to end up uh, under, and you look at their schedule, the front end of the, the season by Dallas. I mean, that's a wrap. I mean, they're, they're pretty much done. If they do yeah, anything yeah. better than two and four to start, I'm going to be surprised. Thank goodness for the 17th game to give him a chance to get things back. <laughs> my uh, my uh, audible at the line of scrimmage, which we'll get to in just a bit, will be about the college football weekend. But my NFL hurry up uh, offense it, it involves another quarterback. Uh, San Francisco's Trey Lance did not play well last Sunday against Chicago, although you could say it's because the Niners were playing at 1 p.m. Eastern, also known as 10 a.m. their time. I think I, – I, I think San Francisco's got a lot of questions surrounding the quarterback situation. And they say when you've got two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. They have two. And it, for, they almost made the Super Bowl last year, and they could blow up and go belly up raw if they don't get their stuff in order pronto. And here's the thing. I, I thought that they have such a – and obviously uh, I don't have to come off this prediction yet because they've only played one game, and it was on the road, and as you said, it was early. But, uh, I mean, I, I picked the 49ers to be really good this year. I picked them to win 13 games before the season just because I think the team that they have in place around Lance would allow him, especially in a Shanahan offense, to play at a higher level than perhaps he's ready to be – you know, so I thought they were going to feast on the regular season and just be one and done in the playoffs or something like that. But ah, man, it is, it's looking like it might be messy there in San Francisco. It certainly looked messy on the uh, Denver sideline in that Monday nighter. And I've already ranted on this online and, uh, uh, and on air about this. So I don't, I'm not going to even go into all the ways that Nathaniel Hackett is an idiot for uh, uh, doing what he did. At His the last name game. sounds familiar. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that, but, and it's funny you say that because that leads to the point. Number one, how many black coaches in the NFL are going to be able to keep their job at the end of the season after doing some stuff like that, especially if Denver ends up being last place in that division. And remember that's the most stacked division, maybe in NFL history. So that's a very real possibility. And the second thing is it calls to mind this thing that I, I, I always like to bring up whenever we go through the hiring cycle in the NFL. 
everybody falls in love with play callers. Everybody falls in love with the offensive genius and da 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 da. Drawing up X's and O's is great and it's valuable, but it's exactly that. That's a coordinator skill set. That doesn't necessarily translate to being the head coach. The head coach's job is not to create, you know, the offense and all of that. He's supposed to delegate that to the offensive coordinator. So all that to say, the head coach's function is to, at the end of a game, on the road, you got to make the right calls, you got to make the right moves, uh, managing the game, managing the team, uh, you know, leading up to game day. That is where the value is in a head coach. And all the time, NFL owners are hiring these guys who don't have that skill set and have never demonstrated that skill set. So it's just another reminder. Just because a guy's a great coordinator doesn't mean he's going to be a great head coach. And in fact, history suggests that he's probably not going to be. It's called the Peter principle. You're promoted to the level of your incompetence more often than not, you know? <laughs> Correct. So, uh, audible Correct. at the line of scrimmage, because I know we're running out of time, Rob. Yeah, uh, huge weekend ahead uh, in college football, first and foremost for Maryland. They wrap up non-conference play by hosting an unbeaten SMU team that's averaging 47 points per game. So if there's uh, one question in, uh, surrounding this Maryland team that has a lot of firepower on their own, Talia Tungavailoa, co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week th uh, this past Saturday in their victory at Charlotte, the question is surrounding this team, can they defend in the Big Ten? And can they defend some of these high-octane offenses that you see at Ohio State? Michigan's able to put up points. Penn State's able to score in bunches as well. This SMU team can score just as well as any of them. Uh, Tanner Mordecai threw 39 touchdown passes last season. I had a chance to see him uh, you know, play very well in Annapolis in a game where they beat Navy last year. And if Maryland isn't able to contain him, that will be a, 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 that could be a bad omen for Big Ten season. This is one of those classic Saturday night shootouts that I don't think the game's going to end before 11 or 12. Like I, I could very well be leaving the press box at one because this has the, just, this looks like a 45, 42 shootout where the team that has the possession of the, the football last for a significant amount of time winds up winning with under a minute to go. All right. So basically pack a lunch uh, when you and dinner <laughs> and, and breakfast for the next day. All right, and don't forget to check out uh, Dave Pre uh, Presto's picks on Fridays and the College Football Corner on Mondays, all on WTOP.com. And this has been another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle, sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork signing us off, and uh, alongside Dave Preston, George Wallace, uh, in the middle of one of Dave's sentences, I might add, just kind of left. So we're going to have to talk to him about uh, the way he operates. Uh, but uh, until the next time, enjoy the games. And of course, we'll break it down here in next week's edition. But for now, breaking the huddle. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.